0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of the Metropolitan Report. I am your host, Alfred Parsar Jr., and for the next hour or so, we're going to talk about everything spring training and off-season for the 2021 New York Mets baseball season. It is my pleasure to be here, and I look forward to talking Mets baseball uh, with you all. So uh, let's just uh, recap how we got here. So first off, um, this upcoming year, for those of you who don't know, is the 2021 uh, Major League Baseball season, we are coming off a very weird previous year in baseball uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic that's going on in the world. Uh, The 2020 season was shortened to 60 games. Uh, Some teams played a little bit less because they had a a COVID outbreak of the team or the opponent they were going to face had a COVID outbreak. So some teams played 60, uh, some teams played games in their 50s. Uh, rule changes uh, took place. Uh, we had uh, extra innings start with a man on second automatically. Uh, double headers were switched to seven innings instead of nine. A universal designated hitter was in effect and an expanded playoff format. So it was a weird year. Now, to get to the New York Mets, um, to how we got here to present day, uh, as today is February 28th. Uh, 2021, uh, the team was sold to hedge fund billionaire, Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen, uh, bought the team from the Wilpon family for many, many years. Uh, the Wilpon family owned the New York Mets, uh, Jeff Wilpon and company Cohen, uh, bought the team and brought back Sandy Alderson. He got rid of Brody Van Wagenen. And I've got to admit, uh, I was very happy when Brody, um, got the ax for those of you who keep up with the New York Mets, Brody didn't uh, didn't make too many uh, good acquisitions. Traded away the future in Jared Kelenic to Seattle to get Robbie Cano and Edwin Diaz, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Sandy Alderson is back in the organization. Uh, he's going to run baseball operations. Interesting to note, there's an ownership change. Which brings me to Luis Rojas, who will be the manager for the second consecutive season. This is his second season overall, with 14 years uh, in the Mets organization prior to becoming the skipper. And I'm not going to say that Luis Rojas, who led the Mets to a 26-34 and record in 2020. Again, it was a season plagued by COVID outbreaks uh injuries because the games were played in a much shorter time span i'm not gonna say the Mets should have axed him uh ax axe not ask that the Mets should have canned him uh when the new ownership change came about but it's very weird in not just baseball but sports overall where you see a new not even just a new general manager or president of baseball operations or a new regime but a new owner usually when a sports team gets a new owner he cleans house. He brings in his own people. And Steve Cohen did just that. However, he decided to keep Luis Rojas, who again led the Mets to a 26 and 34 record, eight games under 500. But you know what? Looking at things, because it was a weird season, it was a very odd season last year to bring in a manager and initiate him as a big league manager because remember he was a rookie manager last year no experience whatsoever managing at the MLB level I mean he had managed in uh, the minors single a um, and in all the lower levels of professional baseball and he was a, a player development coach but again to give him the reins of a big league team in a weird season like that that's a tough task we don't know if the new ownership is going to have a positive effect on his managing. Um, we don't know what the variables, variables, sorry, will be. But I have faith, especially with the way the Mets look so far in spring training. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Luis had to learn on the fly. Uh, let's take a look at some comments that, or listen at some comments that he made uh, to the press a couple days ago.
1: There's just a lot to learn last year, uh, you know, it's just a great model uh, you know, for me to take it into the off season and and work on some things, you know, personally and uh, with the team as well. So conversations with coaching staff, uh, you know, we're we're really uh, we're really good in the off season. And then, you know, we started adding some more personnel to our staff. I thought our front office did a tremendous job. We have a lot of new people in uh, in the Mets uniform now uh, here on the field that are impacting immediately. So. It's been great. But, yeah, I learned a lot last year and, uh, you know, looking forward to keep uh, inserting some things into camp to get the guys ready to go uh, for this 2021 season.
0: So as you heard, Luis Rojas is very confident in the Mets season that's upcoming, but what, what manager isn't confident in spring training? I'm pretty sure that a lot of baseball execs and managers and scouts uh, feel pretty good about their team's, in the first couple of weeks of spring training, not one single exhibition game has been played yet. Uh, everything has just been a workout so far. Um, we can't really fault him for those positive comments. However, he does have some things to be excited about. Uh, let's take a look at the Mets losses and acquisitions in the offseason that followed 2020 that preceded 2021. So gone from the team, of course, everybody knows about the Francisco Lindor trade, which we're going to expand on in just a moment. Uh, in that trade, um, Ahmed Rosario, who was a fan favorite at City Field, he and uh, the young prospect who a lot of people touted as someone who was going to be the future of the franchise or a cornerstone of the franchise for many years to come, Andres Andre Jimenez. Andres Jimenez is gone. Got shipped to Cleveland with Rosario for Lindor and Carrasco. So Andre Jimenez is gone. Ahmed Rosario is gone. Uh, for the second straight offseason, the Todd father, Todd Frazier, who was a personal favorite of mine, he's gone, but I understand that move. Robinson Chirinos is gone. Jed Lowry officially off the books in two seasons, even though 2020 was short. He only had seven at-bats, not a single base hit. Ioannis Cespedes gone. I'm I'm extremely happy that he's gone. Uh, he missed the entire 2019 season. 2020, he was the hero of opening day uh, when we beat the Atlanta Braves one nothing in the opener with that home run he hit, but it didn't amount to much after that. He struggled. I mean, the guy ha- uh, was his first time playing competitive baseball in so long. He had issues with his heels. Then in 20 early 2019. He uh, broke that ankle of his, and it was just a lot of drama. The amended contract uh, breaking the foot that in 2019 uh, when he, I think, got approached by a boar, was chasing a boar on his ranch, or some crazy story like that, and then the opt-out. And it's crazy because Cespedes was a guy who a lot of people thought would have accomplished more in baseball. He had great seasons. In uh, Detroit, Oakland, Boston, a lot of people felt that when Cespedes came to the Mets, it was a steal in 2015. And and looking in hindsight, and I know hindsight is a hell of a a thing once the past is in the distant past. But the Mets should have gave the money to Daniel Murphy. They let Daniel Murphy walk to the Nationals where he put up monster numbers to... Keep Cespedes, and they they paid Cespedes a pretty penny, and I don't think it was worth the investment. But Cespedes opted out, and then got caught in a club after the opt out with COVID, even though he said COVID was the reason he opted out. The way he opted out, uh, the day of the game against Atlanta in Atlanta on a Sunday. Didn't contact the team. He just up and left. They they went to his hotel room. He was gone. He just. I'm I'm glad the, the circus show is is over with Cespedes. Uh Justin Wilson, they didn't re sign. Jake Marisnik is gone. Juan Legaris, who uh played only maybe a game or two, didn't really make a make a splash. He he's gone as well. So the Mets the Mets have uh quite a few new faces in the clubhouse. Uh uh Steven Matz, out of, he's gone. Traded to Toronto. Uh, in their places and I think the Mets I mean yes they they acquired Francisco Lindor they acquired Carlos Carrasco but I think the rest of the off season acquisition signings that they made were for depth purposes because look who they got. Also um, Michael Waka and Rick Porcello also gone. But look who they got in 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 place of them. Uh Taiwan Walker, who had a great season last year. The former Seattle Mariner, Arizona Diamondback. He is now a New York Met. You want to look at the the bullpen, Trevor May, who was a decent reliever in Minnesota for the Twins. So, a lot of depth moves. Uh, they signed Kevin, uh, Kevin Pillar, the former San Francisco Giant and Toronto Blue Jay. Uh, played for the Boston Red Sox last season, did Pillar. Jonathan VR, another guy who um, is safe to say his 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 best years are behind him, but a but a good bench guy come off the bench. So all these all these moves are are death moves. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto uh, from the Miami Marlins was a was was a surprise. I I did not expect the Mets to to acquire him. Uh, that move was a shock. I didn't see that coming. Uh, again, we mentioned Carlos Carrasco. We mentioned uh, Taiwan Walker. We mentioned Carrasco, uh, Lindor being the big one. Uh, Pilar is is probably going to be uh, the replacement for Mariznick. Is not going to be a guy who's going to play every day. But say a guy like Conforto or Nimo uh, needs a rest day, uh, Pilar will will platoon there in the outfield. Uh, Pilar's defense is outstanding. I don't know if anybody's ever seen Kevin Pilar's. Uh, highlight reel, but he's made some spectacular catches at the wall in Toronto that I can recall. Uh, made a couple good plays for the Giants uh, in 2019. Uh, check that. Check that man's highlight reel defensively. He's a good, solid defensive outfielder. But the the Mets, decent, decent, decent moves. Um, and again, the pitching rotation. It's going to be interesting because Noah Syndergaard, who had Tommy John last season, missed all year last year, he's he's going to be back into the mix somehow. You can't have Thor come back, and he's scheduled to come back around June, but you can't have Thor come back and and shelve him for one of these guys. I mean, the the rotation, they, they bulked up. Stroman, Marcus Stroman, who opted out last season, he's going to pitch this season. So there is a lot of hope but but Carrasco, Walker and Yamamoto should make up a a good 345. Uh Yamamoto had a good 2019 uh decent record, great good rookie season uh for Mr. Yamamoto. And another guy who you would think would factor in to the pitching either the rotation or the bullpen. He's going to factor into the mix is Joey Lucchesi. Coming over from the Slam Diego Padres. San Diego, for those of you who don't know. But coming over from the Padres, we had a decent 2020. So, um, a lot of interesting uh, position battles that are gonna take place uh in this twenty twenty one spring training, and I'll be glued to I'll be glued to the games. Uh just to see where guys fit in, how guys look. And it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see all these position battles and who's going to get some time uh, on the field uh, at the plate, and not to mention also another platoon move for the outfield. Well, he's more of a utility guy because he can play a little bit of infield, but Albert Almora Jr. Uh, from the Chicago Cubs uh, comes over to the Mets this season as well. So a lot, to, a lot to look at, but speaking of a lot to look at and look forward to, uh, Francisco Lindor. Uh, the former Cleveland Indian, as previously stated not that long ago, a couple minutes ago, uh, Lindor acquired with Carlos Carrasco for Ahmed Rosario and Mr. Andres Jimenez. And I'm going to miss Rosie. I was a huge Ahmed Rosario guy. However, Mets fans, Francisco Lindor is a big improvement. A big, 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 big improvement over Rosario the only edge that Rosario had uh when you look at their abilities Rosario has more speed than Lindor however defensively Lindor is insane you don't believe me go look up his stats baseballreference.com or espn or or even sny wherever you want to look up stats also Lindor bats switch uh, me personally, I always favor a switch hitter. Uh, Rosario is a righty. The only thing we're going to miss is speed. Um, Lindor has shown flashes of power in the past and he is a leader. He was a leader on that Cleveland team. Multiple time, all-star we gave up Rosario and the few and who, what who could have been a big part of the future in, in Jimenez, but Lindor is a multiple time, all-star. Respectable numbers. Hit 256 last year in the shortened season. Uh, Cleveland made the playoffs last season. I mean, they had other pieces, uh, like Josh Naylor. But, I mean, they made the postseason. Even though they got eliminated by the Yankees, they made it. The Mets didn't make it. And this year, in, in Major League Baseball, they're going to have expanded, expanded playoff format. And... I expect Lindor to be a big part of why the Mets get in. Now, I'm not saying we're going to win the division. We're not. I'm not saying the National League East because we got to look out for the Atlanta Braves, and we'll get to that in a second as well. But I expect big things out of Lindor, and apparently Luis Rojas does too. Uh, let's listen into a soundbite of Luis Rojas uh, discussing Francisco Lindor in spring training so far this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, our, our fan base is outstanding. I mean, they have so much energy and passion for uh, for the team. And, uh, you know, a guy like Francisco, uh, you know, his energy, uh, everything that he does, you know, out there on the field, the impact that he already caused on everyone, including myself uh, in camp is, uh, is is special. So his presence has been felt. He hasn't played his first uh, camp game or regular season game yet. And and uh, he's already impacted big time here. So. Uh, the fan base is gonna is gonna love him, watching him playing on a daily basis. There, um, you know, I just can't wait to to uh, you know for the regular season to start and see uh, Frankie out there. You know, having the fans uh, cheering for him.
0: So again, a positive reception uh, by the manager and Luis Rojas is saying all the things that the manager is supposed to say. These are all politically correct things. It's too early to tell how this Lindor situation is gonna play out. However, people got to keep in mind Lindor is going to be a free agent this summer if the Mets don't extend him. Uh, It's a contract year for Lindor. The Mets would be dumb to let Lindor walk. However, Lindor, if if you read what he has said, he says that even though he thinks about the extension, he's not going to let it be a distraction, which, again, saying all the right things, it's early. Um, he recently, as of a couple of weeks ago, just started meeting everybody in the organization, his teammates, the, the front office and all the staffers. And I think right now let's just focus on the fundamentals. Last year was a crazy season. Make sure we're in top form for April 1st and we'll worry, let's worry about that extension later because we don't know how things are going to play out. What have they, what have they, we've seen in the past and not just baseball, but sports, you you extend a guy to a major major contract, and he in like in the case of the Orioles and Chris Crush Davis. They gave him a a hell of a deal, and he hasn't produced since that contract year, and he's very lucky to still be in baseball. Let's just put it that way. So, Lindor, I mean, again, I expect things big things out of him. Uh, I expect the Mets to at least get a wild card with an expanded playoff format. And uh, let's look at the National League. Uh, Last season in 2020, uh, teams only played teams in their geographical location, meaning the Mets were in the NL East, so they only played NL East teams and AL East teams. So last year in 60 games, they played the Marlins, the Phillies, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, the Boston Red Sox the Atlanta Braves and the the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles and they saw uh those nine teams so many times and the Yankees were just pounding on the Mets last season with the exception of that one game where I met Rosario hit that walk off off of off of Aroldis Chapman in extra innings. But uh the Mets uh they'll they'll see everybody this season. Uh Rob Manfred, the major league baseball commissioner has ensured everyone that it will be a full 162 game season. Now in the national league, you gotta be wary of the San Diego Padres, uh, that team kudos to their front office and we've got to see them this season. Unlike last year. And that's no tough task. I mean, uh, Fernando Tatis jr. He's got, he's got a, an amazing contract. I think he's the third highest player in the player in the league, and he and Manny Machado may be the best uh, shortstop second base combination in baseball right now. Uh, not to mention, uh, look at that team from top to bottom. I mean, Eric Hosmer, Trent Grisham. Look at the pitching they have. They acquired Yu Darvish and Blake Snell. To go along with with, with Davies, and Davies uh, had a, had a solid campaign last year. They lose Kirby Yates, but I don't I don't think that's gonna affect Slam Diego. They called them boys Slam Diego for a reason. And the Padres, uh, they were a contender last season. They were a contender. Let's not forget that. They were a contender. And they got stronger. And the Mets are going to have to see them. So, oh my goodness. And then other guys like Jake Cronenworth, Tommy Pham, Will Myers. Jericson Profar, that 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 team is 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 pretty good, and then let's not forget the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. Um, Clayton Kershaw pitched great in the World Series. If he and Kershaw's always been dangerous. Uh, David Price, former World Series champion with Boston, he, he's gonna he's gonna make his Dodgers debut this season after he opted out last season. The Dodgers lineup is dangerous. They re-signed Justin Turner. Mookie Betts is is on that team. Turner, Betts, Bellinger. If Gavin Lux develops into what what they expect of him. I mean, I I I said it last season, the Dodgers probably had the best 1 through 5 order in baseball on paper. I mean, Turner, Betts, Bellinger, Will Smith at at catcher is no slouch. And I'm pretty sure they'll they'll get production out of out of Gavin Lux this season even though he had, he, he had a strong end to 2019, uh disappointed last season, but he came right uh he's going to come right back. That kid is that kid is going to be a stud. Mark my words, that kid is going to be a stud and then the signing that everybody's talking about. Uh, Trevor Bauer which some people don't have some people don't think that that move was was all that great that he was worth the money uh, if you look at his stats historically he only had one good season prior to last season and he won a Cy Young in a shortened season who's to say if the season was more than 60 games if he would have continued on the path that he was on we don't know. Did the Dodgers overpay him? We'll find out this season and next. He's got a three-year deal. Uh, I know, I know, Mets fans wanted Bauer because he won a Cy Young. I mean, Degrom won back-to-back Cy Youngs. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, we got the we if, if Bauer signs, we're gonna get the last three Cy Young winners." But maybe it was a fluke season. And you gotta remember, Trevor Bauer pitched for the Reds last season. They played the NL Central and the AL Central. You know who's in the NL Central? The Cubs, who who weren't sharp last season. Barely made the playoffs. The Milwaukee Brewers, who were the only playoff team last season that had a sub-500 record. The lowly Pittsburgh Pirates. They're in the NL Central. So and then the, the the bad teams in the AL Central he played they played the tigers you know how many years it's been since the Detroit Tigers were good about 6 so if you if you were impressed with Trevor Bauer winning the Cy Young last year dominating horrible teams the only two good teams uh in the AL Central last year were the White Sox and the Twins Kansas City Royals no. So Trevor Bauer was beaten up on bad teams with horrible offenses all season last season. Now he's got a, he's got a content. And then look, he's in the NL West, Colorado. they are no slouches. Well, they uh, they lost Arenado. We'll get to that in a second. He's got to play the Padres. The Giants, maybe so-so. But this is a Mets podcast. So back to the Mets. Uh, but the Mets, look who else they have to contend with—the St. Louis Cardinals, who got stronger. They got Nolan Arenado. They're probably going to have Arenado bat third, and they're going to have Paul Goldschmidt bat cleanup. The Cards are 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 no team to to sleep on. Yeah, they had a a a, a up and down 2020. Ended up with a COVID outbreak, but w- what team had a normal season last year? So. The Cardinals, there. And, and they even made the playoffs. They got bounced in the first round by San Diego, but you add Arnado into the mix, Arnado's a, I would say, if not the best third baseman in the game right now. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he does away from Coors Field. He'll play in Coors Field for a series this season, maybe two, depending on the schedule. He won't be there a majority of the season. And we all know Coors is a hitter's park, but the Mets got to see the Cardinals too. So, and then let's not forget the Atlanta Braves. Freddie Freeman, the reigning MVP. Ronald Acuna Jr. is dangerous. Ender Inciarte. they Albies. Uh, they're, they're, They're a scary team. Marcelo Zuna, we saw what he did in the second game of the season. Thanks, Edwin Diaz. But there are they're no they're no, they're no, team to sleep on. Ian Anderson, the who's coming for his second season. He, his rookie campaign was solid. They're going to get Mike Soroka back. If they could get production out of A.J. Minter, who had a great rookie season. I don't know what happened last year, but if they could get Minter in form, that closing Closing tandem is, is gonna be crazy. The Marlins are so so. I think last season because you know everything that went on with them, the COVID outbreak uh, that halted play in Miami, and uh, acquisition of Starling Marte uh, at the deadline. I, I I don't know about the Marlins. I don't I don't I don't know if they 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 make a splash this year. And then the Phillies. I mean, re-signing re-signing Real Muto. And how could I forget? Uh when talking about acquisitions in the off season, I forgot the Mets uh picked up James McCann. Wilson Ramos is gone. Uh, I like the Buffalo. Wilson Ramos uh, went on that tier in twenty nineteen. I don't know what happened last season. Uh I would have preferred to have Real Muto, but we'll take McCann. Apparently McCann has uh he developed he has a reputation for developing good relationships with his pitching staff, and it's crazy because McCann was on the White Sox last year. The White Sox went and got Yasmani Grandal, the former Brewer and Dodger. And he was supposed to be the guy, a catcher, but injuries gave McCann a chance. He showed himself, proved himself, and Mets went and scooped him up. Uh, so the reason why uh, we're starting this podcast uh, on the date that we are, February 28th, 2021, is because even though spring training has been going on for a couple of weeks, the exhibition season, spring training season, the Grapefruit League starts tomorrow, Uh, March 1st. The Mets will play the Marlins in Jupiter. It's an away game. And, I mean, we can't really speak too much into spring training. I mean, spring training is what it is. Get off the rust for the veterans. You want to see how guys like Lindor and McCann and Carrasco look in their new colors. And uh, we want to see what the new with the non-roster invitees do. Um, I didn't mention him before in the off-season losses, but uh, even though he never played a game at at the major league level, Tim Tebow, uh, shout out to Tim Tebow. Tebow announced his retirement from professional baseball after three seasons in the Mets organization. Uh, It would have been four last year, but uh, um, because of the COVID-19 outbreak, there was no minor league season last year. Uh, I admire Tim Tebow for chasing a dream but uh it was a it was a i was rooting for the guy even though it was a long shot of him actually making it to the bigs but let's talk about this spring training game tomorrow 105 p.m at roger dean chevrolet stadium in jupiter um which is the site of the marlins spring training of course the mets are in port st Lucie. Uh, The pitching matchup, uh, the ace of the Marlins, of their staff, Sandy Alcantara, is taking the hill. And for the Mets, uh, non-roster invitee in the Mets uh, minor league system has yet to make his major league debut. But Harold Gonzalez, who last played in 2019 in the minors, uh, he split time between AA Binghamton and AAA Syracuse. Uh, He played in 12 games in that minor league season. Had an ERA of 3.01. He went 12 and 4. So not bad numbers. Uh, we'll see what the kids got. He is 25 years of age. Is Gonzalez. Um, the lineups are not set for this game, of course, because it's a full 24 hours before the game. But speaking of lineups, let's look at the Mets' projected opening day lineup. Uh, you have uh, Brandon Nimmo playing center field. Uh, Jeff McNeil at second, Francisco Lindor, shortstop batting third, Conforto, the cleanup man in fourth and right field, uh, Pete Alonso, who regressed a little bit. Well, not, maybe not a little bit, but he regressed last year after that monstrous rookie campaign. That rookie campaign he had when he broke the rookie home run record, won rookie of the year by a landslide. But I don't know what happened last year, but again, 60 games in a regular 162-game season. 60 games is, is, is where, you know, guys are trying to get a feel for their swing, trying to catch up to the pace of the game at the big league level, you know, get acclimated. So I can't really say too much about Pete's regression. We'll, we'll see in a full 162 games this year if if uh, his play will mimic 2019 or mimic last year. Um, A guy who I'm a big believer in, Dom Smith, is going to play left field this season. Uh, he's pegged as the potential starter in the projected lineups. Uh, I've been a big Dom Smith supporter for many years. I always say this because I firmly believe in 2019 Brody Van Wagenen would have traded Dom Smith had Dom Smith not gotten hurt. And I'm glad Dom Smith got hurt when he did because I did not want that guy uh, out of the organization. Uh, Dom Smith was a guy, he was supposed to be the next big thing, the face of the franchise. And they brought him up in 2017 and 2018 underwhelmed hit in the 100s uh low 200s and then 2019 he was a pinch hit specialist under Mickey Calloway and he took advantage of every opportunity had a solid season got hurt came back for the last game of the season off the bench pinch hitting what he did best in 2019 uh walk off in a, in a meaningless game pretty much because the Mets were out of contention it was the last game of the year Uh, and played spoiler and won the game, walk-off home run against the Braves, who were headed to the postseason that year. And then uh, Dom Smith continued the solid season in his 60 games. Dom Smith last season, uh, he batted .316 uh, in that truncated season. So, I mean, we'll see if he, uh, two seasons in a row, Major progression. We'll see what happens. Uh, J.D. Davis at third. McCann is the catcher. And then, of course, there's no uh, DH in the National League this year. No designated hitter, so the pitcher will hit. Um, so that lineup is, is pretty solid. Um, and, again, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to go on in spring training because that that outfield situation, you know, there's a platoon. Uh, the Mets have Dom Smith in left, uh, Conforto in right, and Nimo in center. Not to mention, I, I mentioned earlier, they have Kevin Pillar, who's a good a good defensive guy. Uh, and they have Albert Almora Jr., who can play infield or outfield. We all know Jeff McNeil uh, can play in the outfield as well. He made a couple of spectacular catches, actually got hurt in one game last season, crashed into the wall making a catch. Uh, but you notice, I said McNeil's a second reason being is because Robinson Cano is going to miss this entire season. Uh, previously... Uh, when he was on the Mariners, he got caught with performance, enhancing drugs. Missed half a season. Got caught again this offseason, and he's going to miss uh, the entire 2021 season. Cano in 2019 had a decent 2019. 2020 was disappointing. Um, again, a lot of people don't know why Brody went out and got him. But he did, and we got to deal with it, but it's not even like he'll be a distraction because he won't be around. He's he's suspended. So second base is is open for McNeil. McNeil came up in the organization as a second baseman. And I respect McNeil. He plays second, he plays third. He can he can play first if needed. And he can play the outfield. Love love the Flying Squirrel. Uh every season in his big league career, he's hit over three hundred. Uh so you can't be mad at that. Um J.D. Davis is a is another guy who who's gonna he's gonna do. he had a good 2019, 2020 a little bit off, but Conforto smashed uh, with the bat last season. He hit 322. So I feel confident about this lineup. Even though we didn't get any big name free agents like Bauer or George Springer, I'm predicting the Mets can can take a wild card spot. That's my prediction. Um, with two extra wild cards up for grabs this season. I don't see why not, unless injuries take a toll. But in the NL East, I only see two playoff teams, um, the Braves and the Mets. I think the Braves are going to win the division, but the Mets are going to put up a fight. They're going to get that wild card spot. And the fans in Flushing, they are you guys are going to have something to be proud of this season. Uh, I expect big things out of Dom Smith. The guy is just on a on a upward trajectory path. Last season and the year before. Uh, hopefully, uh, Pete Alonzo gets back to the 2019 Pete. Now, Pete Alonzo, a lot of people will say, "Oh yeah, he doesn't hit for average, 256," but he sure hits for power. 2019, look at the stats: over 100 RBIs over 50 home runs i'll take 50 and 100 every any season from anybody you guys forget dave kingman remember dave kingman for all you uh baseball historians out there guy's a 236 career hitter batting average wise but he smashed over 400 home runs in his career at the time he retired when he was up for induction in the hall of fame he was the first guy to hit over 400 home runs who didn't get in the hall of fame but he hit for power. Drove in plenty of RBIs in his day. So that's something to think about. Another thing to think about, none of this comes to mind with the whole Francisco Lindor acquisition. And again, we brought up uh it's a contract year for him. The other thing is the guy, the guy's a leader. He is a leader if you go to old interviews to see what uh his ex teammates in Cleveland have have commented about him likeable guy in the clubhouse and yeah, he he's just a leader so the Lindor trade i i like uh i give Steve Cohen a lot of credit he came in and made a power move i don't i don't have anything bad to say so far so this season, I have I have expectations to uh, still be watching baseball and flushing come the postseason. Now, I'm not going to make a prediction of how far the Mets are going to go or how deep the run is going to be, but we are at least getting to the postseason. The Mets, however, they do have to figure some things out, and we're going to see it play out in, sp- in spring training across these exhibition games. Um, it's going to be interesting to see this outfield situation with the platoon of how Almora and Pilar are, are going to fit in with uh, Dom Smith and Conforto and Nemo. It's going to be interesting to see the pitching situation once Syndergaard comes back because, again, uh, he's recovering from Tommy John. Tommy John um, He's due back in June. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Yamamoto, Lucchesi, and let's not forget David Peterson, the rookie from last season, who's coming back for a second campaign. So all in the mix for that fifth starter spot, you've got, uh, Lou Chessie, uh Peterson, and Yamamoto. Somebody's gonna have to take a bump when when Thor comes back, and it's not gonna definitely not gonna be Degrom. It's not gonna be Stroman. It's not gonna be Carrasco. Uh, Taiwan Walker is probably gonna stay in the rotation. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But the pitching situation is solid. Uh, I am very very very. Content with the start, the projected starting rotation, the bullpen. I'm sad that we lost Brad Brock. I'm surprised that nobody jumped to re They didn't jump to resign Justin Wilson, but it is what it is. Trevor May is very serviceable. Uh, Edwin Diaz needs to get back to form, especially with Seth Lugo uh, missing time because he had uh, surgery on that elbow that's plagued him for years. Um, kudos to Seth Lugo. The guy pitched for years. Um, With a partially torn ligament in his elbow. I don't know how. But Diaz. um, Which Edwin Diaz are we going to get? Are we going to get the Edwin Diaz from 2019. Who blew saves left and right. Uh, Or are we going to get the Edwin Diaz. That we acquired from Seattle. Who was the best closer in all of baseball. Led the. Not just the American League. But led baseball in saves in 2018. And a lot of people including myself. Scratch my head. Like why would Seattle just give up. This stud of of a closer. But. And when Diaz put on a Mets uniform and got magically zapped to his abilities, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if it's because he came from a small market. Now he's in the big market, but we'll we'll see what happens. We will see what happens again. Uh, Lindor, big upgrade over Rosario. And speaking of Lindor, think of this, and this will be my my closing statement for this first episode of the Metropolitan Report. When you think of all-time Mets greats, legends in in not in in the New York Mets history of being a franchise since 1962, Tom Seaver, Mike Piazza, David Wright, Darryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden, Keith Hernandez, Gary Carter, Jose Reyes. And I can keep going. But when you look at all-time New York Met greats, and all those names just mentioned, you know, all of those, out of all those players, you know how many of them are shortstops? None. Francisco Lindor has the opportunity to be potentially the greatest shortstop that has ever put on the blue and orange. Because again, look at all those names I mentioned Gooden, Strawberry, Hernandez, Carter, Seaver, Cranepool, Reyes, Piazza, Wright, John Franco. None of them are shortstops. I don't think we've ever had a shortstop the caliber of Lindor, especially not in the last 20 years. And a lot of people will say, well, Jose Reyes, he played short, but he also played second. But in their primes, I'm taking taking Lindor over Jose Reyes. Yeah, I said it. Knowing what we know historically of Lindor. So, and a lot of people will probably give me a lot of flack for that comment, but I'm going to stand by it. Yeah, Reyes was a four-time All-Star. Let's not forget, though, uh, one of those All-Star appearances are in the Blue Jays. We we I'm only counting what he did for the Mets as a Met. But... And in the grand scheme of things... Is is when it's all said and done. Like I, I, up, up to point right now, I take Francisco Lindor over Jose Reyes. Jose Reyes for his career, four time All Star, and he's done. Lindor's still going, and he's 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 currently a four time All Star. He's caught up, and again the defense. Reyes just has had Reyes in his prime, just had the speed. So I think Lindor is gonna be. The best shortstop that we've ever had. Not to say that Jose Reyes is not—he wasn't a great talent. He was, and to this up to up to date, before Lindor walked on the team, Reyes was the best shortstop I think we've ever had. But that nod could easily change to Francisco Lindor. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the very first episode of the Metropolitan Report. Again, I am Alfred Parsar Jr. As far as a schedule for when this podcast will air Um, for now, because we're in spring training, uh, we're going to keep it at once a week. Uh, We'll keep it every Sunday when the regular baseball season starts, starting April 1st, we're going to ramp it up to two times a week. So we'll, we'll do one on Sundays and one on Wednesdays during the season. And if anything uh, spectacular or great or history making happens, we'll, We'll have a special episode podcast that week. But until then, uh, this is Alfred Parsar Jr. And my closing statement, let's go Mets.